the football neophyte, where an American who knows a lot about sports but little about soccer journeys through the 2018-19 Premier League season to discover a team to root for. Welcome to this week's episode of the Football Neo Fight Podcast. As always, it's me, Nate Hughes, and today I am joined uh, by Luke Thompson. He has been a contributor to uh, a, a fellow podcast out there called the Wolves Fancast, and uh, he is a diehard supporter of the Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, it's great. I I have, you know, probably half of my episodes have been Americans and the other half have been people from England. And so I always uh, treat it as a special privilege when I have someone here uh, from, from England. So grateful to have you on. No, not a problem at all. Not a problem. So tell me, Luke, just generally, uh, how did you become a fan of the Wolves? Um, I became a fan. I, I mean, I was born in Wolverhampton. I've lived in Wolverhampton all my life. Um, so for me, it just made logical sense to support Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, I'm a firm believer that you should support your local team. Obviously, when we wasn't doing too well, you know, all the kids in school would support Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal. Um, but for me, I just don't understand how you can get enjoyment out of supporting a team that, that you've got no sort of connection to. Um, I think, you know, it's different if, if you're an international fan because yep. it's almost, you know, if, if I wanted to choose a favourite Italian team, I'm not going to, chances are I'm not going to have a connection to any, but I think once you live in the country of the league that you follow, you know, for me, you need to have that connection. So it's where my roots are and I would not have it any other way. And do you still live there in Wolverhampton? Yeah, yeah, I still live in Wolverhampton. I live ooh, probably... Five ten minute drive to the ground, so so yeah, it's 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 my home. It's where my roots are, and you know it's it will even if I was to ever move, it would always hold that special place in my heart. Mainly because of the football team, for sure. Now I did my research ahead of time, but for our American listeners, particularly, we really don't have a clue about where cities are in in England. You know, London maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Liverpool, mm -hmm. maybe Manchester. So, so give us a little bit of an idea of where is Wolverhampton in the country. So, Wolverhampton is pretty much smack bang in the middle of the country, um, which for me is ideal, especially if you want to go to an away game. Um, obviously, England's nowhere near as big as America. So, if we're playing Manchester United away, it takes an hour and a half to get there. If we're playing Leicester away, forty-five minutes. If we've got to go to London, it takes two hours. So we're smack bang in the middle of the country, which is an ideal location if you want to follow a team up and down the country. Yeah, so, that, that's great. So, I mean, if any of you Americans have heard of a city called Birmingham, uh, it's the second biggest city in England, and we're about 14 miles away from, from Birmingham. Got it. That's, uh, that's like Peaky Blinders country, right? Yeah, 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 with the terrible accents. So are, we're not, are they bad? Oh, do you know what? I've never even watched Peaky Blinders. I've just, it's only what I've seen on Twitter and Instagram with all the memes and, and people taking, taking the piss out of the accent. Um, 
But yeah, we, we do get ridiculed for our accents a lot by, by the rest of the country. But personally, I don't think there's anything wrong with our accent, but we do, we do take a lot of stick. <laughs> Great. Well, I love it. It's fun. <laughs> All right. So tell me, tell me about, about the club. Um, tell me some of the history, history of the club. Um, I mean, History-wise, we were one of the founder members of the Football League. So when the English Football League was first started, Wolves were one of the founder members. Um, so, you know, we, we are the originals. Um, we're the originals of English football. Uh, from there, we, we invented European football. So when you're watching the Champions League, that all comes from Wolverhampton Wanderers. We played um, a fixture against Honved, uh, a Hungarian team, home and away. And we played it under the floodlights at Molyneux. And from that game was the birth of European football as we know it now. Uh, we are one of the only clubs in the country to have won every single title. So uh, fourth division, third division, second division, first division, FA Cup, League Cup and the Football League Cup. I think it's only us and Burnley that have done so. Wow. So in, in new money, that would be Premier League, Championship, League One and League Two. We've won the lot. If it's there to be won in English football, we've won it. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, that's, uh, we've been, um, we've had highs, obviously, when we've won the, what is now the Premier League, when we've won the FA Cup. We've also had lows. Um, in the 1980s, we almost ceased to exist. We had huge debts. The stadium was falling apart. It was crumbling. You know, we couldn't play the players. Um, the fans were stopping games halfway, midway through the game, running on the pitch. Uh, attendances went really low. You know, we was getting three, four, five thousand people at home, and and the club, you know, it was very, very close to to going out of business completely. Um, so you know, we've had major highs. We've had really really low lows so you know we're, we're a real roller coaster of a club lots of ups lots of downs and a little bit in the middle as well yeah tell me why why the wanderers where, where does that come from i'm not sure i mean we, we initially when we was founded uh we was called saint luke's um and i think the church saint luke's merged with a cricket team called blacknell wanderers and became wolverhampton wanderers um, so to my knowledge that's where the name came from so I don't think there's a particular reason why the, the term Wanderers was used I think it was just because there was a cricket club called Blackburn Wanderers and then obviously being in the city of Wolverhampton became Wolverhampton Wanderers when, when the, the church and the cricket club merged together Got it, that makes sense uh, Tell me about the stadium Molyneux, what's it, what's it named? Why, why, why the name? I mean, it sounds uh, French, so that's, that's kind of interesting. And how long has the stadium been around? God, you're asking me some questions now, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's named the Molyneux. I know this, but it's named the Molyneux because the ground that it was built on was called Molyneux Park, and it used to be a pleasure park back in the Victorian times. Okay. So people go there, feed the ducks, go for a walk, you know, around the park, look at the scenery. Uh, and then the football... And then the, the, the football ground was, was built there. So it just took on the name Molyneux from the park. Uh, the stadium's been there because we, we initially, 
played um, down the road on, on Dudley Road. And we moved there in about 1889. So we've been there, God, what's that? My maths is terrible, but over 100 years, you know, yeah. looking at nearly 100, well, 130 years this year, actually. Yeah. Well, my maths isn't that bad. So 130, <laughs> 130 years we've been there. Like I touched on earlier, there's times where the, the ground was crumbling. We couldn't open certain stands for safety reasons. Um, in the early 90s, it went through a huge redevelopment when our then owner and lifelong fan, Sir Jack Hayward, uh, brought the club. We knocked the ground down, stand at a time, and re rebuilt it into the modern you that you know today, bar the stand that is on the left-hand side, which is called the North Bank. So the left-hand side, as you're looking from the TV angles. Um, so in the early 90s, it got redeveloped, 28,000-seater stadium, and it was so unique, it was beautiful. There's no other stadium in the country that looks like it. You get a lot of stadiums now, like I look at Southampton and Leicester, Derby, Middlesbrough, they all look very much the same, apart from the colour of the seats are different. They're just sort of like flat pack bowls that have just been put, put together like you brought them from Ikea. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of character to the Molyneux with the way the, the, the stands are shaped. Um, obviously, the, the colour of the stadium as well, that old gold. Um, can't think of another stadium that's, that, that's got the same colour as, colour as us. Um, recently, in 2012, we knocked down the North Bank, which was one of the stands behind the goals, and we rebuilt it into a two-tier stand, which we had plans to extend all the way around. Um, so, at the moment, it does look a bit oddly shaped, and whilst it still looks beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful stadium. Um, for me, as a bit of a purist, I wish it was still how it was through the 90s and, and the early noughties. Um, but now we've got Falsen on board. The plans are there to completely redevelop it and, and go up to like a 50,000-seater stadium. Well, and I think that that's appealing. <clears throat> excuse me. That's appealing to me uh, as a fan. You know, in the, in the States, I'm a big baseball fan. And yeah. Wrigley Field and Fenway Park are these iconic stadiums. And mm -hmm. while some of the newer stadiums are great as well, there's something there's something fun about the historical nature of a stadium, and so even as I'm choosing teams, there is something that you know the older, more unique stadiums have that you know the Spurs with moving to their new stadium and getting rid of White Hart Lane, they lose. You know where it, yeah, yeah. there's something great about the iconic stadium with all its character and history. Yeah, one hundred percent. You you touched on it there with the character. With all these new stadiums, for me, they're much of a muchness. They do look very similar. You know, the colour of the seats might be different, but that's about it. Um, on Boxing Day, I went down to Fulham to watch Wolves play Fulham. And look, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Fulham. I think they're quite a boring club. But the stadium, because they've got a lot of, um, a lot of the infrastructure from like the early 1900s, and it really stands out because it's, it's just so unique. Yeah. And you want that uniqueness with your club. You want it to be as unique as possible. You don't want it to be a, a copycat of, of another club. You want it to be your club and, and hold that uniqueness. So, I mean, if I was in your shoes or, you know, a, a fan from America looking for a team to choose, 
I would be looking at those things. What's the stadium like? Is there anything that stands out? Yeah. You know, I want something that... Yeah, we could have something all singing or dancing like the Emirates Stadium. But for me, you know, I'd rather go and look at Everton Stadium. Personally, I'd rather go to Everton than, than the Emirates. I'd rather go to Fulham than Anfield. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I do like those, those, those grounds with, with a bit of uniqueness to them. Yeah, one of the, one of the other things that's just so unique about about English football, and maybe it's football all in Europe generally, or football uh, internationally, but the chance, the way the crowd can can urge the team on and get engaged, and you you see that in some home matches where it's yeah. almost like they the fans have breathed life into the team, and mm-hmm. um, and so so what are what's kind of the class? What's a classic? Wolves chant, or or even what's one of your favourite chants? Um, one of my favourites it's it's a chant called the Liquidator. Now it, it comes from uh, a song in the eighties, Harry J All Stars, um, and it's a song that we sing about West Bromwich Albion. But we've not been able to play it at the moment. You've since probably the mid to late nineties because the police won't allow us to play it because they say it incites violence or whatever PC I, bullshit they want to come out with nowadays. Again against <laughs> um, that against that club particularly, is that is that your your primary rival or Yeah, we we hate Albion. West Brom okay. West Bromwich Albion, we hate them with a passion, absolutely okay. hate them. Um but yeah, if listen to Harry J All Stars and, and the beat once it starts, once you hear it they play at Chelsea before the games actually. Okay. Um but the ter- the song goes so the beat goes on and everyone claps their hands and then um, I feel like I want to play it to you. <laughs> I've got to play the tune. But basically, the words are quite basic. And when it kicks in, we basically just say, fuck off West Brom, we're wolves. And then it goes, fuck off West Brom, we're wolves. Fuck off West Brom. Werewolves, and that's it, basically. Cool. I love it. That's what's so brilliant is you've taken these songs. I mean, uh, who is it that's got bubbles? Is that Crystal? Oh, West Ham. West Ham, and it's like yeah. this song kind of sucks, to be honest. But <laughs> you guys like own it and love it, and the, yeah, yeah. everyone like if you, I'm sure if I went to a West Ham game, they started singing it, it would give me the chills. Right, like, yeah, 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 and it yeah. doesn't like the song sucks and it's ridiculous, yeah. right? It's but, like, you, you would choose to listen to it on Spotify if you wasn't no. a fan of West Ham. That's but West right. Ham fans, it's probably like their most played song of 2019 on Spotify. I'm sure, yeah. But we've got it's another the one. Same way, you've got this chant that like literally <laughs> is just an insult. <laughs> yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing unique. Some drunk guy like was listening <laughs> to the Liquidator in the 80s and thought, you know what? I can insult my favorite or our hated rival to this yeah, yeah. beat. And that's what half of these chants are, but it's brilliant and it's so fun. And I can't wait to, to get out to England to eventually catch, catch a match and experience. It is. It's, that's what, that's what's so great about English football, the inventiveness of the fans. Any, any, any song, any beat to any song you can play and a football fan can think of a chant for his team or derogatory against his rival team that would work <laughs> it's brilliant it's, it's it's amazing we've got um another one that we played just before kickoff and it's a song called high house silver lining again it's not a great song <laughs> it's yeah 
but it works and again really simple this is the thing about English football and the chance it has to be kept simple because it was a working class man's game obviously people in attendance didn't hold much intelligence in the olden days so the songs were nice and simple um, so it goes hi oh Wolverhampton but everybody in the, in the ground apart from the away fans gets involved and it's you know it's so loud it's it's beautiful it, it will make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up it's really nice um you know we've got some more there's a uh there's a chant about neves ruben neves oh which yeah is, which is, it's clean as well <laughs> um, and um we sing about nuno having a dream to build a football team with chinese owners and a wonder kid from porto <laughs> <laughs> with five at the back and pace in attack, we're Wolverhampton. We're on our way back. I love it. I love the incorporation of of the players. I mean, yeah. it's just I think you you probably know you've made it uh, for good or bad as a as a footballer if you have a chant that's got your yeah, name yeah, yeah. In it, right. That's usually like like the selling point. You know, if you've got a chant. Then, like he says, you know you've made it. The, the fans are on your side. They've got a chant. Um, you know, you, you know you're sort of fitting into the club. That's great. Well, let's talk a little bit about about this last weekend's match. Um, what an exciting exciting match <laughs> to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, Wolves four, Leicester three. Yeah. Um, the winner by Jada, the the hat trick. I mean, what a what an exciting match. It was amazing. I mean, the last time we played Leicester at home in the Premier League, it finished 4-3, funnily enough. And and that was like one of the most amazing games in in Wolves history. Um, We were fighting relegation. We were 3-0 down at half-time. And we came back in the second half to win 4-3. Wow. You know, I think there's a touch of magic about Wolves v Leicester played at the Molyneux. But on Saturdays, Saturday's game, you know, the way we started, it was fantastic. And I thought, because before the game, I thought, Leicester are here to be had today. And, you know, we could beat these 2 or 3 nil quite comfortably. Yep. You know, one of those routine 2-0 wins, everyone goes home happy apart from the Leicester fans, and we move on to the next one. So we 2 nil up after 12 minutes, I thought, here we go. It's going to be one of those comfortable games. Um there was some good football. I thought the defending from both teams was absolutely terrible, though, even from the first minute to the last minute. But that's what makes for good games. You need mistakes yeah, and errors. Um, so going at half-time 2-0, you know, if we can nick a goal, see the game out, or, you know, just sit tight, keep a clean sheet, and we win the game. It's quite simple. Yep. They score 46 minutes. And as a Wolves fan... Every Wolf fan will tell you the same. We're so pessimistic, it's unbelievable. Because as a club, like nothing great ever really happens for Wolves if you was born from sort of 1970 onwards. So you just always expect the worst. So as soon as it went 2-1, all my WhatsApp groups, that's it, we've lost now. They'll beat us now, they'll beat us. Yeah. Well, what it, don't, they, don't they say 2-0 is like the most dangerous score? Yeah, <laughs> like, it, is, it is. It's horrible. You, you let yourself down. And then you let the team back in and you're basically exactly what happened. Well, not yeah. exactly, but kind of what we saw happen on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible scoreline too, because 
you want to feel comfortable because your team's tuning up. But at the same time, you're like, oh, if they score now, I'm going to absolutely shit my pants because yeah. <laughs> being a Wolves fan, I know that we're going to fuck it up. I just know we are because we've done it too many times over the years. Yeah. So they scored again to make it 2 all, and that was it. Every, every Wolves fan is like, That's, we've lost now. They'll beat us. They'll beat us. This is just such a Wolves thing to do because Wolves are great at sort of making you feel brilliant and then just kicking your feet from underneath you to make you feel like absolute crap. Yeah. That's what Wolves are great at doing. <laughs> so 2-2 two, two, and it's like, oh my God. Because we, need, we needed to beat Leicester because yeah. there's like a little mini league in between sort yeah. of from 7, like seven to through 14 or so, right? Yeah. yeah. So obviously Leicester in that, in that mini league, and you want to. The aim for Wolves now is to win that mini league. If we can win that mini league, absolutely fantastic. So yeah, because you know, you're probably too far out of your for Europa at this point, right? I mean, it's yeah, we're just not, we're not tough. We're not going to finish in the top six. Um, so you know, games against Leicester, West Ham, Bournemouth, Watford, got to be winning them. Yeah. So then it goes to two-two, and it's like here we go again. Here we go. The amount of times I've seen this happen. Then it's 3-2, and it's like, yes, we're back in the league. That's it. We'll see it out now. Three minutes to go, 87 minutes. Leicester hadn't really been in the game since we scored the third goal. Yep. You know, I thought we were cancelling each other out. And they never really posed that much of a threat. 87 minutes, and they equalise. And again, it's just like, yeah, welcome to Wolves. This is Wolves. This is what we're all about. Let's just let ourselves down massively once again. And... You know, when a team equalises so late, you do just think, that's it, let's just take the point now and go home. Even though we should have been out of sight at 2-0 at half-time, let's just settle for this point now and just go home and we'll, we'll have a point of peace. But there is no better feeling than a 94th-minute winner. Yeah. It is a thing of beauty. And on the flip side, it's like... Um, I work with, there's a, a pregnant woman in my office and she was talking about pregnancy and the labour and, and how painful it's going to be. And I said to her the other day, I said, you women, you, you don't know pain. Pain is when you concede a 94th minute loser <laughs> in a game of football. That is pain. You know, you can just suck all this labour malarkey off. No way, that's not painful. Has your team ever been 1-0 up and coasting to your local rivals and then conceded an equaliser in the last minute. No, that's pain. That's pain. <laughs> that <is real. laughs> that's but, you know, to be on the, on, on the positive side of things, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And that's when you see real limbs. That yeah. So <laughs> tell me about the limbs. I don't even know. I heard when I was listening to the, to the Wolves fan cast uh, earlier, I, they were talking about limbs and I'm like, I have no clue what, what they're talking about. So this will be a little like mini term of the week before we get to the other one later. But what is, what does that mean? Limbs? So limbs is when your team scores goal. So for example, we score to make it four, three against Leicester last minute and there would have been limbs everywhere. So, so yeah, when the camera pans into the crowd, all you can see is people's limbs. So you yeah. just see arms here, legs there, just limbs flying all over the place because you're just going absolutely mental. You know, you're falling down seats, you're jumping on people that you don't even know. You see people falling downstairs. It's, it's like, it is a thing of beauty. I so love you, it. 
I've experienced that so many times in sporting events, baseball, you know, walk off home run or in uh, football, it's great, crazy upset at the end of a game or whatever it might be. And uh, I think I've never heard the term before. It's it's (laughs) thoroughly British, but um, I love it. I want to use it and try and figure out how to get, get it to get on here. It's such a great, great term. See if you can, if, if you get people in the state of Arizona, using the term limbs when you're at a basketball match or a baseball match or a football match. What I'll do is I'll, um, I'll, mess- I'll, I'll direct message you some videos of limbs because there's videos on YouTube dedicated to limbs. <laughs> Great. <I laughs> so I'll send you some so you can have a- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Great. So a couple questions about, about the match. Um, I mean, so much to love. Guy Jada obviously has a great game, but uh, I'm curious. He he scores. A, he has a hat trick, um, but that was he scored more goals in that game than he has all season long, right? So, tell me a little bit about that. Is is he was that an outlier, or is this like who he is and what he should be doing more regularly? I mean, I don't I don't want to sort of set the bar too high for him and say that's what he should be doing every game because scoring a hat trick in the Premier League is an unbelievable feat. Yeah. Um, but the Jota that we saw, take away the goals, let's just look at his overall performance. That is the Jota that we had when he first came to the club. Okay. His control, his movement off the board, his passing, his how directed with his running, his shooting. He is a fantastic footballer. The problem that he had towards the back end of last season in the Championship was he just got kicked to fuck. He just got kicked all over the park. Uh-huh. So, obviously, it's, it's going to slow his game down. Yeah. But he's a talent. He's a real talent. And what surprised me, even though I've watched Jota play 30-plus games, what surprised me was just how strong he is. Because he's not the biggest guy in the world. But he was throwing some of them Leicester defenders around like ragdolls, like, 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 like there was nothing. You know, that, so That first goal he scored was so impressive. Like, mm. the way he got in between that the the ball and the defender i mean it just it, it it was a brilliant cross as well but him just pushing through was i was watching the replay and again i don't obviously understand football uh completely but it looked yeah. impressive yeah that, that for me it's just pure determination and desire who yeah. wants to get to that ball first yeah who, who is who's the most hungry is Jota more hungry to score or is Danny Simpson from Leicester more hungry to stop the ball going in the back of the net? And Jota just had that. Jota was just more determined than him to, to reach his goal. And that's why he, he had the positive end result. Yeah. You know, he's got so many attributes, you know, we touch on the determination, the desire. He's quick, he's strong, he's skillful. He's a good passer, he's a good shooter, he's, he's a good crosser, he's, his movement's brilliant. You know, he's got a lot of attributes and he's only... I think he might have just gone 22, but he's only 21 or 22. So he's, oh, geez. he's not even reached his peak yet. He's not even yeah. close to his peak. Wow. Um, but he had a few injury problems midway through the season, which didn't help. So I think he missed about five or six games. Okay. Uh, but he certainly got the potential to score 10 or 15 goals a season in the Premier League. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. You know, he's a, he's a great player to watch him. I will be very, very surprised if within the next two or three years 
he's not made his um, debut for Portugal's first team. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, Neves is another guy who just was remarkable. The the yeah. his passes are just on point. Like <laughs> that's on Saturday. That's the Neves and Jota that we had last season. Uh-huh. Because for me, I don't think Neves has played that well this season, and I've been quite disappointed in him. But Saturday, he was back to his magnificent best. Like you've just said, his passing is ridiculous. It's he's like it reminds me of like a quarterback. Yeah. In American football, he picks the ball up deep, his head's up straight away, he's scanning the field, and he's playing that cross field, fifty yard ball, and the accuracy is even sometimes in the stand, I've looked and I thought, my God, what's he passing it there for? But once it reaches its destination, then you understand that's why he's played it there because he's just one step ahead. He's he's brilliant. He will go on to play for a top, top team. Yeah. You know, Man United, Man City, Liverpool, Juventus, maybe even Barcelona or Real Madrid. He's that good. Yeah. I mean, it's it. he showed it. I mean, what I saw on Saturday was just, it was remarkable. Yeah, yeah. On the other hand, you have, like, you have Rui Patricio, and I'm curious about that because he made some just – really simple and bad errors that that ball right at the beginning of the match with was it Vardy yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah like that just such poor play and then some great saves like when the ball was coming at him and he had the opportunity to to make a play he seemed to make a play um so what is that is that typical of him to be yeah, so hit or miss or is that an outlier of a game as well no, I, I, I think, for me, Patricio's a, a good goalkeeper. I do like him. He's made some absolutely fantastic saves. The only the only cue I've got with Patricio is his he, kicking is terrible. Yeah. His he, kicking's really poor. But you can't have it all. And that's why he plays for Wolves and not Real Madrid. Yeah, that makes sense, huh? You know, sometimes you, you've got to accept these sort of things. They're not going to be perfect footballers. Because um, if, they, if they was, if they had all the attributes, then they'd be playing for Man City or Barcelona or... Juventus and you know as a supporter of Wolves you've just got to understand you've just got to accept what level you're, that you're at so you know you might have a player who's fantastic on the wing but he's not very good in, at defending yep he might be quite lazy but then that's why he plays for Wolves yep you know you've got to stay in your lane sometimes another thing that I, I when I was listening to the, the, the podcast the Wolves fan cast um they were talking about Bali and I'm interested because when I watched the match earlier in the season against, against man city, um, he was a guy who stood out for me. And then just in passing on the fan cast, they were talking about how he can't play for him. They were wondering if he would be able to play in this upcoming, uh, FA cup match. And they said no. And so it sounds like, is he on loan to the wolves? What's happened with Bali is he got sent off against man city in the league. Okay. So he got a red card, so he has to miss three matches now. He's suspended. Oh, okay. Okay. So he, he missed yeah. Leicester, he'll miss Shrewsbury in the cup, and he'll miss West Ham, and then he should be back for Everton. Okay. So he's he okay, so that that makes more sense. I didn't realise he had a red card, so okay. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I'll I'll tell the guys that they need to explain in more detail next time as to why he's missing. Well, I think everyone else understands, it's just that I'm <laughs> not paying attention. <laughs> 
they've got to, to cover all all listeners, haven't they? You know these American guys who who are who are barely following the Premier League. <laughs> exactly. You know <laughs> that could be different. Waking up at five thirty in the morning to watch a match. That's exactly situation. Barely awake. But these are the details that might may be the difference between you supporting Wolves or Watford come the end of the season. There you go. There you go. Yeah, they've got All a right. duty of care here to you the got, football. You've got one one supporter in the US to to bow down to. So <laughs> <laughs> um anyone else I should keep my eye on. Um there's other guys that I that I've liked. Costa, um yeah. I know it sounds like he's had uh, a bit of a down downturn later in the season. Jimenez I really like um, yeah, yeah. But anyone else I should keep my eye on on the club if I catch any yeah. more games before the season's over? There's um, Jao Martinho. Uh-huh. He's, he's just a Rolls-Royce of a footballer. He's absolutely fantastic. So technically gifted. He's, he's brilliant. Uh, Adama Traore as well. Very hit and miss, so he does blow very hot and cold. Um, he's built... He's built like... His arms, his biceps are absolutely huge. He's massive. Is he, is he bigger than Morgan for Leicester? Because that guy yeah. is yeah. massive. He's bigger than Morgan. Jeez. He, he's, he's, he's built. His biceps are like Mike Tyson. Jeez, wow. And he's probably only a little bit slower than Usain Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> he's officially the fastest player on FIFA 19. Oh, wow. So, you know, he's, he's exciting to watch, but he's also infuriating as well because he can be quite lazy. Uh-huh. And he, he, he falls over too easily as well, which I'm not a fan of. Um, so, yeah, look out for Adama Traore as well when he plays. We've okay. also got a, a youngster called Morgan Gibbs-White who's come through the Youth Academy. He's only 18. Um, plays central midfield, but he's, he's fantastic. He's got a real bright future. He's one who I can see playing for England within the next two, three, four years. Um, so Morgan Gibbs-White, that's definitely a name to look out for. Great. Okay, well, this is super helpful. As we, as we do every episode, we have a term of the week. There are so many terms uh, that we don't understand or concepts we don't understand as Americans. The, the Premier League, European football is organized in a way totally different than, than American sports. And so I think it turns off a lot of Americans, but um, I am enjoying it because I'm learning a lot and I enjoy that. So um, the thing I'm curious about today, it's more of a, it's more of a concept I think than a term, but I'm curious about the post game, like scoring system, you know, so you'll see like, okay, Jota gets a nine out of 10. Yeah. uh, you know, and then they'll kind of go through every player and they get some scores. And when I'm playing FIFA 19, I watch, you know, because I have a pl- created player and uh, my created player, his, I'll watch his score fluctuate throughout the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what my, my, my big question about, about that scoring is, is, there, is that an official score that some FA scorer gives players or is that something more from the pundits the journalists so you may give a jada a nine out of ten but i give him a seven out of ten how, yeah, do, how does that work that, that's how it works basically it's okay. just a matter of opinion you know there's there's no official sort of 
school writing. Um, you know, if I was to write for one newspaper, I could give Jota a eight. You write for another newspaper, you could give him a three. It's that's as basic and as simple as it is. Like most things in the English game, <laughs> we try to keep things basic and simple. Great, that totally makes sense. I, yeah, so I can't really tell you much more on that because it is what it is. It's just whatever the reporter deems to score the player is the score that he gets in that particular newspaper. No, that's how I. No, I, that's great. That's what I wanted to know. That's perfect. Okay. <laughs> and you taught me about limbs, and that—that that is a keeper. That's a keeper. <laughs> yeah. Well, limbs. Luke, I am super thankful for this time uh, to learn more about the wolves. I've—I've I've really enjoyed. I've caught the wolves a couple times this season, and I enjoy their their pace and mm-hmm. uh, and the 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 club. There's definitely guys um, to like, and so thanks for coming on and 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 talking about them today. Uh, the the fan cast that that Luke has been uh, a con- contributor to is called the Wolves Fan Cast. You can find it on iTunes. They're also on Instagram and Twitter at WWFC Fancast. Yep. And Luke's personal uh, Instagram and Twitter is Yam Yam Luke at Yam Yam Luke, which we didn't even get into, but I'm sure there's a great story about Yam Yam. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it's the term yam yam is what people from around the country will call people from Wolverhampton because I'll say, Oh, that's how you sound when you talk. <laughs> ah, that's a better story than I even imagined. <laughs> so, they call people from Wolverhampton yam yam, yeah, 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 that's <laughs> yam yams. and as well. But the great thing with wolves is. We will, we will embrace that. So you want to call me a yam yam? Okay. My Instagram and my Twitter, I'll call myself yam yam Lou. Fuck I you. love it. And as well, like, <laughs> you know, we'll even call ourselves the yam yam army. Oh so my gosh. Crazy. You insult us, we'll embrace it. Don't you worry about us, mate. <laughs> that is so good, man. Well, well, Luke, I, I have loved having you on here. This has been a great experience and uh, uh, we will keep you posted on on where the wolves fall uh at the end of the season yeah i mean keep, keep your eyes out like i said this this is only the beginning this is a club that's going places we really are going places good well thanks a lot for coming on today no thanks for having me mate it's been a pleasure thank you all right cheers cheers thanks for listening to this week's episode of the football neophyte not one Not two, but three terms of the week. Yam yams. I've been laughing about that all day. Our theme song is Something Elated by Broke for Free. Uh, Thanks to One Mission, a community development organization giving people in poverty the opportunity to earn a house by serving their community. If you like these podcasts, go to onemission.org slash donate and make a donation to this amazing organization. 100% of your donation will go directly to our projects and programs and be tied directly to a family. That's onemission.org slash donate. As always, everything's done by me, Nate Hughes. There's a good chance that I might have someone coming in to join me next week. Stay tuned for that. We're on both iTunes and Google Play. Please rate us and comment if you enjoy the podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Football Neophyte. 
It's Neophyte without the E. Football Neophyte. Stay tuned for episode 13, where we'll be featuring Newcastle United. Until then, grace, peace, and love. Yeah. <laughs> there have been a lot of yellow cards in this game. For real. On both sides. It's two to two. Are they yep. enemies? Uh, not necessarily. Oh, great play. Oh! Great goal. Wow. Wow.